<laughs> Should we get to going with the podcast? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> um, we definitely need to talk some World Cups more, though. Um, yeah. Let's see here. Uh, okay, this is this is story just popped up um, this morning, right? From Bloomberg. This is uh, Apple planning uh, high end AirPods and over the ear headphones and new HomePod for 2019. So that's kind of interesting, right? That's uh, that's not just an upgrade to AirPods, which I think a lot of people were expecting them come this year. Um, this it's a upgrade for AirPods. It's over the ear headphones, which we've heard rumored quite a bit, right? Apple owns Beats, and that's probably their most popular form of headphones is these over the ear wireless headphones. Uh, new HomePod would be surprising though, right? Just because this feels like something almost like uh, Apple Watch isn't a good comparison. What's an Apple product that they don't have to update every year, or they don't update it? Well, Probably AirPods, Apple TV maybe. <laughs> okay, <laughs> or a Mac Mini. <laughs> oh well, that's just <laughs> that's an anomaly. That's five years later, and they haven't updated it. But HomePod, though, right? Like that's kind of a surprise. What could you possibly do if, especially, okay? So you're calling it just a like a this speaker is a premium speaker and it sounds good. Okay, it already sounds great. Are you really going to make it sound noticeably better? Yeah, the, the the one thing with HomePod they can do is take the price down. And I'm not sure Apple is ready to do this right now. Uh, I right. think everybody agrees that the hardware on HomePod is not the problem. The problem is the software. The problem is Siri, really. That's the main problem with HomePod. That and the price. But again, we put the price aside because we all, we know that Apple products are very expensive. It's nothing new. It's not going to change. Um, so I'm a bit surprised to see that some new HomePod could be coming out in 2019. Now, if you said maybe like a, a smaller variant of the HomePod or maybe a bigger HomePod, maybe like a soundbar for the TV HomePod, something like something completely different, you know, in, in size maybe, then I would understand. Um, but even then, it feels a little uh, premature for this. What I'm most right. interested interested about in this uh, report is these quote unquote high end AirPods. I'm all in for that. Uh, we've we've had heard rumors in the past few months. I think from German as well that Apple was working on new AirPods uh, that would be uh, somewhat waterproof. Probably you know waterproof to maybe like a little bit of rain and a little bit of sweat. I, I don't think you would go take a shower with them. Um, but now. Like this report is slightly different by saying high-end AirPods, so these would be uh, waterproof uh, and come with the wireless charging case. And apparently, there would still be a cheaper variant of all, like the you know currently priced AirPods variant at one fifty-nine, which would be probably the same AirPods, um, not updated, not upgraded, or anything like that. Right. I don't know if I would be super interested in AirPods. Um, I mean, I I feel like, are they not already kind of sweatproof? Because that would be the only thing that really appealed to me. I don't know. What I know is that every time I wear my HomePods, my, I wear my HomePods. <laughs> every time I wear my <laughs> AirPods, it's going to be a lot of confusing HomePod AirPods here. Uh, every time I wear my AirPods, uh, in the rain, and even when I am wearing like a, a hoodie or something in the rain, they get slightly wet. Every time after the next day when I put them in, I have connectivity problems with them. Like they, I have to go back in my phone settings and repair them or something like this. It's, it was, it's as if, um, every time they get slightly wet or moist, I guess the, the word would be more proper. Like a little moist from uh, from humidity, from you know being under the hood in the rain, it looks like every time I have connectivity problems, connection problems with them the next day or the next time I use them. Uh, so I'm not sure they're very waterproof. Um, See, I, I I guess my experience would be complete opposite of that. I've taken them out in the uh, you know the dead of Texas summer heat. It's humid. I mean, it's Texas gets about as humid, especially kind of mid Texas gets about as humid as anywhere on the planet. I feel like, and in a hundred, I think it was a hundred and five over the weekend, and I was outdoors with these AirPods, and I was just drenched in sweat. And I didn't, you know, until I started 
there was a time where I was away from my phone, probably 50 feet or so. I don't know what the proposed range is, but until I started putting serious distance between my phone and myself, I didn't notice any connectivity problems. So they, they already, to me, survive very sweaty, very strenuous mm-hmm. conditions is why I was wondering. And I know it's kind of – I think everybody kind of gets that differently, and I know that Apple doesn't advertise any kind of of waterproofing on these headphones. Yeah. And I guess but, water resistance, uh, we've been saying waterproof, and I've been saying waterproof yeah. since the beginning. It's more like water resistance. It's not waterproof. It's water resistance, right. uh, which it might have, may or m- might or might not have right now. Um, but uh, it would probably, uh, let me, I guess from this report from German, it would be, uh, this water resistance would be greatly increased. And of course, also the... The wireless charging case, the one that, you know, remember last year, almost a year ago, Apple unveiled? Yeah, almost a year ago that it was unveiled. Not just the wireless charging case, but the the air power. I don't know if you saw in the show notes, but I kind of slipped this in here because I don't think we talked about this last week. It kind of feels like we might have, but I think this was a newer story that came out that uh, Apple, German again from Bloomberg, kind of got the scoop on... uh, uh, what's been going on with this air power, this charging method Apple unveiled last September, and here we are almost in July, and it's not, uh, it's not going right. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not here, and we there's no word from Apple on when it's going to be here. We we heard rumors that it, they were going to try to get it by WWDC, and then we uh, uh, I, the most recent I've heard is that they're going to try to have it ready by September at the one year mark. Like, hey. And uh, we finally got this figured out, and it's working, and it's ready to go. Uh, I guess we could talk real quick about this report. German said that it was the – because it's three different devices, right? It's your Apple Watch. It's your uh, uh, iPhone you know, 7 – or I'm sorry, iPhone 8 or 8 Plus or the iPhone 10. And it's also this wireless charging case for the, uh, the AirPods. Because they're three different products, three different sizes, probably take three different uh, – uh, you know, currencies. I mean, maybe they can all work on similar currencies, but they're all different size batteries here. And just trying to make those work. And if you've ever used a wireless charger, you know that the it's got a big coil, but you can put it on incorrectly sometimes. So I don't know. I just think there's a lot of angles here when you're talking about three different devices and you're talking about wireless charging, which already isn't perfect in terms of set your device down and it automatically goes. To to me, like the most shocking thing here is not that Apple had um, production problems or you know problem issues while testing the devices. The, to me, like the, the the most shocking thing is that Apple unveiled this in September of twenty eight of twenty seventeen, knowing that the product was not ready. It's not like the product was ready to ship when they unveiled this. I mean. They clearly, they clearly knew like this was not ready because they said it would come sometimes in 2018. They didn't say you know early 2018. They didn't say first quarter or anything. They just said in 2018. So technically speaking, they have until December 31st of this year to ship this product. But Apple had to know, and even if they didn't know, why unveil like a non-strategical product like this so much in advance. You come up with a brand new product. You come up with Apple Watch like they did a few years ago. You unveil it six months in advance. Be like, hey, this is what we're going to be shipping very soon. I get it. But the air power, it's not like a, a life or death kind of product for Apple. You know, it's not like a product that's going to position Apple as a very innovative company or a company that can't innovate. It's just an accessory um, that right. might sell by the truckload, you know, but it's not going to be a life-changing accessory like an Apple Watch could be, like an iPhone could be, like an iPad could be, like a Mac could be even. So to me, it is shocking that they announced this product such so much in advance for no reason, no gain. There was absolutely no gain for Apple to do this back in September. Like It's not like everybody was like, oh my God, look at this amazing charger. Everybody was like, yeah, it's a charger, you know. It, it, to me, to me, this is very, very strange. And again, like every week, like every Monday, Cody, I'm going to tell you the same thing. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Apple these days. This is, this is Apple these days. Like s- slowly slipping in, in these things. Like always now. Like it, it, it seems to be a recurring topic where they announce something 
or they preview something and it ships late or it doesn't ship on time or it ships at the last minute. I mean, we just had AirPlay 2 shipping right before WWDC when it was announced last year. I mean, it's right. it's just like ludicrous. It's crazy. And it's not the first time. I mean, the HomePod, AirPods, I mean, we could probably like name like 10 products or 10 services or 10 things that were announced where Apple didn't deliver. Like they, it's... It's like they took a, a page from the Google's notebook where Google loves to announce, to pre-announce products and delay them indefinitely or sometimes even kill them before they even launched. And, and that's just scary. That's not, that's not the Apple we were used to. And it doesn't, it doesn't look good for the company. You know, it looks sloppy. It looks very sloppy. And being the biggest company in the world and having different priorities and, you know, having, uh, the same problem as any other companies as far as human resources goes and, and allocating resources to different projects. This is BS. You're Apple. You're the largest company in the world. I don't want to hear an excuse. I don't, I mean, I don't want to hear that your product is late. It, it just, it just shouldn't happen. Not with the resources they have. Not with the resources they have. Well, to play a little bit of devil's advocate, it's, it's, they do have the resources, but they also have the user base, right? Like when they launch products, they got to launch them to uh, millions, tens of millions, sometimes hundreds of millions of people. And they got to get it all right on the first go. So I appreciate that they're not, you know, launching something that's going to potentially be uh, defective, uh, which would make this scenario way worse. And uh, so anyways, just just a little side note there. With the air power, it's not just the hardware inside. It's also the uh, it's also the software, right yeah. this this charging mat does some kind of uh magical stuff behind the scenes where it can tell you uh how much each device is charged and it can shoot that information to like your lock screen on your iphone it actually uses a, a, a variation like a fork if you will uh, of ios so it runs its right. own little piece of software on it you know it's not just a dumb charger so i, I get i i totally get this yeah yeah but again i totally agree with you in saying one nobody was really calling for this it's a nice product but it's one of those things where use it for a uh, – it's not big enough for an and, you know, uh, one more thing. It's not big enough for that. But use it as like a nice surprise at an event. Don't use it as like a, a tent pole in your event. Uh, use it as a nice surprise when it's ready to go. And uh, I, I just think they've gotten over their heads here. I think they tried out the, the prototypes that they had. They said they were good. I think the next step is you have them – mass produced not at a huge scale but like on hundreds or thousands of scale and they say yeah this looks good we're ready to announce and then they started using these more and more and realized that there was a problem so ah, it does feel sloppy i mean they've been they've kind of been doing this for a while now um, i think back to like the remember the white iphone how long did it take them to ship the white iphone for um after they unveiled it there was some kind of problem yeah. with, the, with the paint on it and it took them they announced it in September. It wasn't ready to ship till like the next spring. Like I want to say March or April. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, kind of go back to. So we were just talking about the air power. We kind of jumped into that from the original article, but I wanted to go back to the AirPods. Uh, can they? Are they really going to wait until 2019 to give me the wireless AirPod case? Looks like it, Cody. Especially if they, especially if they air power, they don't ship air power until, or if they ship air power in September of this year, you can't use it for your uh, AirPods until next year, which is a bummer. Unless you go to the third party route, because Apple's really opened up a gate for people to uh, make their own. Um, you know, we get emails about this all the time in our tip line for uh, wireless uh, charging AirPod cases. Right, you just drop it in the wireless charging case. It looks a little bulkier, but not too bad. And then all of a sudden, it can work on any QI charger. But uh, anyways, okay, so that's AirPods. Over-the-ear headphones, do you have any want for this? I didn't. Apple branded over-the-ear headphones? No, I didn't. And then I've been watching TV at night. And uh, when my family or my kids are asleep and my my wife is not watching, and I try to be pretty quiet and... And here in France, we live in a fairly small place, um, so we can't make too much noise. And recently, I've been thinking, you know, it would be nice to have some uh, over-the-ear headphones 
to watch TV at night because I mostly watch Apple TV, right? So that would be pretty convenient. And I was like, wait, do I want to pay, spend 250, 300 bucks just to watch TV at night and do not wake up my kids who don't even wake up regardless, you know, anyway. So um, I could find use for them, but it would be, it would, it, they wouldn't replace my AirPods, for example, and I would not be traveling with them. Uh, because when I travel, I try to travel light and AirPods are perfect for that. So it would really be just for watching TV at home quietly so that nobody can hear the TV. Uh, and in in this case, uh, I'm not sure I would spend probably 300 bucks on these. Uh, I, I don't know. What about you? Uh, it's This is a tough one for me. This would be uh, price would really matter here for me. If they're three hundred dollars, then no, you know, like you, I I like my AirPods a lot. I have several, you know, wireless headphones around here that have been sent to us throughout the years. Um, I do, uh, in fact, I use uh, these. Are what are these? Um, Marshalls. I was about to say, like, I don't want to take these headphones off, but I just did. They're Marshall. Uh, they're they're Bluetooth. They're wireless, but I use a cable to plug them in from. Uh, uh, the headphones themselves to the microphone and they're I like them a lot they're comfortable uh, you know so I, it's just it would really depend on price because I would be interested the things that interest me about Apple headphones uh, would be they don't release things that sound bad so I'd be really interested in the sound quality um, especially knowing what they know now from from the HomePod I don't you know and also their connectivity tech their ability to just seamlessly connect with products and uh I like the little picker that shows up, uh, you know, for uh, when you connect your AirPods to your iPhone. It just seems like such an easier process than typical Bluetooth. So those are the kind of things that would interest me about Apple headphones. If they were cheap enough, I would find some way to, just it, to justify it to myself to to go with it, you know. Um, something we didn't mention about this uh, AirPods rumor is that uh, they might becoming with some sort of noise cancellation, even for such small ear, earbuds. Um, right. And this could be either interesting or dangerous, depending on how you look at it. I know <laughs> I use them to walk in the street, um, and I don't know if I want any sort of noise cancellation. I like to n- know when a car is coming uh, and be aware of it. Um, but it, it would be a nice feature to, to add, especially if you want to position these uh, new AirPods as like the premium AirPod or maybe the AirPod Plus or whatever you want to call them to differentiate them from the current version of AirPods that we, we know. Noise cancellation would be something I would get hyped for for new AirPods. I mean, they're 160 bucks. Uh, they're not that expensive and noise canceling would be a good reason. Like I could justify trying to update for that, you know, because it's just nice. You can name a hundred different settings where noise cancellation would work. Like you said, there are some issues with that, but, um, yeah, that would be a feature I'd be interested in. And same for the over the ear headphones, honestly. Uh, you know, AirPods are pretty comfortable, but I just don't think they could get as comfortable as a really nice padded set yeah. over the ear headphones yeah agreed i just don't, i just don't think there's any way to do that and so um again it, it would really depend on what apple's come up with and i have to think if they're going to release something they they feel pretty good about it it's something that they would wear and things like that um so it would depend on are they comfortable uh the price tag would be the biggest factor probably and then sound quality if you told me these sound substantially better than than a lot of the bluetooth headphones out there even some in the two and three hundred dollar range then then I would be for it, but if they're just rebranded Beats Solo Threes, um, <laughs> I'm probably I would probably stay away until they came down in price. Before uh, before the show, I was uh, chit chatting with uh, Brian and and Christian, and we were talking. I was mentioning AirPods for some reason, and uh, and I was telling him that this is still AirPods are still my favorite product from Apple in the last two or three years. Coming out, coming right. like all all Apple products combined. I'm talking Apple Watch. I'm talking iPhone. I'm talking iPad. I'm talking Mac. AirPods are my favorite product, 
hands down. I love them. I wear them every day. And something I realized today, when before when I when I use my earbuds, my uh, earpods before, like the wired earpods that came that come with your iPhone, I always had like itchy ears. My ears were always itchy, and I know it was because because of them. Uh, because when I stopped wearing them for a couple of days, you know, my ears were not itching anymore, and when I was wearing them again, my ears started itching again all the time. And I haven't had this problem. I've, I've had uh, AirPods for over a year now. Uh, and I haven't had this problem at all. Like my ears don't itch anymore. So I don't know if it's a difference in material or maybe the glue they use uh, for the binding of like the parts that maybe, you know, made my ears itch or something. But I know like, even though they feel the same in my ears, they are different, definitely different and, uh, and better to my, to my ears. So this, uh, plus the convenience of them, yeah. make them, hands down, my favorite Apple product in, in the last few years. I want a full post on IDB called No More Itchy Ears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no More Itchy Ears. <laughs> but this is, I mean, this, Cody, is not a laughing matter. <laughs> now, seriously, it's, it's funny when you mention it, but when you, when you live it, yeah, it's a little thing that adds up to a big thing. It wasn't a little thing because it was every day and it was itching a lot. Like, you know, like I had my fingers in my ears all the time. And uh, it's it, it makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference uh, in my life. You know, it's it's a very noticeable difference. Like someone suffering from headaches in the everyday and not suffering from headaches or overnight. It, it feels the same to me. Like this, is, this was very uh, like an annoying thing. You know, like having your ears itch all the time. And I clean them, you know, I clean them. And I do clean my AirPods too. I buy, um, little alcohol swipes, uh, wipes, tiny little, tiny little like post stamp size, um, alcohol, uh, uh, wipes. And every once in a while, I, uh, I clean the case, I clean, uh, the AirPods and I wipe my ears with this. But I did that with the AirPods as well quite frequently Hmm. um we talked about airpods we talked about the over there headphones what could a new what what could apple do for a home pod that would cause you to update the two you just bought uh quite frankly not much uh (laughs) nothing really i mean there's nothing again like like i said at the very beginning if maybe different size you know, maybe a much smaller one, uh, but a much smaller one. If the sound quality is not here, that means Siri has to be much better. Uh, so that's another problem. Or maybe like a sound bar for the TV could be really, really cool. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see, I don't see this happening. I don't see a new HomePod happening in in the next year for so it, it just it just feels too too early i feel like apple needs to work more on software before focusing on an already excellent hardware yeah it's uh the price would really have to come down for me to consider it i wasn't a first generation uh homepod buyer uh really that price just pushes it out of anything i can justify a lot of things that i buy especially from apple but it's like at that price, when it's really nothing more than just kind of a wireless speaker to me, uh, it would have to get smarter. I think would be another draw. I don't know how you do that with hardware, really. I think you would have to. It would all be back end, like Siri type stuff, and maybe you know, shortcuts is going to open that up for us. Um, you know, it would open up a gate to to make a need or a want f- uh, for it from me, but it's tough. Uh, they could go. I don't know if he's talking. You know, if if German in the report is talking about. Uh, uh, Beats, you know. Remember, we've heard that Apple was working, uh, was considering releasing a Beats branded uh, Home Pod like device. So it wouldn't be called Home Pod, but it would have the Beats branding, but it would have all of the Siri functionality, and it probably wouldn't sound as good, but it would still be a a, a capable wireless speaker. I'm sure they would even make this one uh, Bluetooth compatible, right? So it would so maybe appeal to more more users, but. Uh, so I don't know if that's what this report is talking about. If they're talking about a full-blown, year-later HomePod type of uh, update, which would be uh, surprising again to me because I don't feel like this is a product that Apple would need to update every year. 
uh, didn't sound like the first generation sold right. that well, to be honest. Yeah. So uh, I'm not sure why you would continue to invest resources in it uh, at this price point and you know at this model. You would think they would have gone back to the drawing board and said, "Okay, let's try this for." Uh, it's not it's not a year it's going to be longer than a year right because they unveiled it in the fall of one year and or last year and uh we're not expected to see this new home pod till 2019 so we'll have to see i like that they're i like that how strong they've come on in the audio realm right just with airpods and home home pod and things like that i like that they're very involved music is always i mean they say it right music's in their dna and uh, I think they take good care of uh, in terms of the details and, hey, we want this to sound good and we want this to feel seamless. And so I really like that they're in this space. Um, so we'll just have to continue to watch it and see what they come up with. Yep. Okay. Um, we, t- we definitely hit on this air power charging, Matt. Is this something you're going to buy when it comes out in September? I was not going to buy it uh, early 2018, but if it comes out in September, I'm going to get a new iPhone. I'm going to get a new watch in September for sure. Uh, So then it's going to make more sense to have, you know, one charging pad for two devices instead of having two charging pads right now, one for my watch and one for, for my iPhone. So, yes, this is probably something I would buy. Yes. Yeah, it's it definitely it's appealing, right? Like it's an appealing thing to think, okay, if you just had this on your bedside or on top of your dresser, you could literally just lay all three devices down and they would start charging. They need to uh a third party needs to come up with like uh you know these valet type these valet type of uh, accessories yep. are basically like wooden trays yeah. that you could just drop keys into and things like that. They need to come up with something like that where it's a, maybe it's just a broader, I, I don't know. I don't know what the air power is going to be like in terms of, okay, the Apple watch could go here. Can they all three go in any spot on the mat? Um, how tough is it to find those contact points? Cause again, that's a pain point of wireless charging as it sits now. I have the Belkin and it's, it works very well. It's very nice, but it's, there's definitely times where I've set it down and I'm I can tell I missed the mark. I got to look for that LED light to light up. Mm-hmm. And I've got to shift it over a little bit. Um, so I would look for uh, the AirPower looks small in, to me for three devices. I wish it was bigger, and I wish it was just the whole thing was one big coil where they said you can literally set anything down anywhere and you're good to go. Like a coffee table size AirPower. Air yeah. You put your Mac on it. You put your <laughs> you charge your MacBook Pro on it. <laughs> That would be weird, right? You see this, uh, just this huge, weird battery pack on the back of an iMac at Starbucks, and it's just getting power from the table. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, yeah. This is another one of those things where we'll have to see what a, you know if Apple really does launch in September and what kind of explanation they're going to give the public for, mm-hmm. for why it's taking so long. Um, speaking of taking so long, uh, Apple finally. I think we could put finally in this headline, right? Um, that uh, they finally acknowledged the keyboard problems that people have been complaining about for years. Uh, on Friday, they announced that they were launching a keyboard service program for select MacBook and MacBook Pro models. Uh, so they go all the way from the – I don't think this is the original MacBook. Maybe it is. 2015? Yep. Is that when they first came out with that Retina yep. MacBook? Yeah, that's it. Okay. So uh, it goes all the way from there to uh, the MacBook Pro of 2017, which is the latest model. We haven't seen an update for that this year. Uh and it just it covers if your letters are uh, letters or characters are uh, they repeat unexpectedly, or they just do not appear when you press them, or if keys feel sticky or do not respond in a consistent manner. I was surprised to see not. Uh, uh, I guess this would go under letters do not appear, but I was surprised. You know, there's been all this talk about lint getting under a keyboard key and the key just not working anymore. So I was surprised that that wasn't listed among these not lint necessarily but just like broken key or not working key but i don't think they wanted to put the umbrella that big um but anyways this is something we've heard pop up these are those new butterfly keyboards from apple right so the initial complaint was that the uh, tactile feedback wasn't there there's just not enough key travel which is crazy to me because i think i type faster on that keyboard uh honestly i'm terrible at math and, and physics and anything else involved here but you would think that if your finger had less distance to travel between key presses you could conceivably move faster uh but anyways 
I don't mind the MacBook keyboard. I don't use it all the time though because I usually have it docked and with the monitor and it's on here. So that the initial complaints were about that, right? That they just didn't like the feeling of the new slimmer butterfly keyboard. But as people started using them more and more, they started realizing, well, hey, these things don't hold up very well. And so I've seen over the years, I've just seen so many complaints, especially from the tech community, right? People who use these newer MacBook keyboards all the time. And they would tweet out or they would say, oh, Mac, MacBook keyboard's broken. And over the last, I would say over the last six months and really over the last two or three months, that echo has grown so loud that I think Apple was just forced to do something. You know, it was just, it was literally being talked about every day. Like, why hasn't Apple addressed this as a wide ranging issue? That and class action and, uh, lawsuits. Yeah, we did see those. Thanks. That's a good point, you know, because that tells you something too, right? If, if people are mad enough, to bring lawsuits and lawyers think there's credibility, you know, there's a, a credible uh, situation there that tells you that there's definitely a lot of smoke to the fire. And uh, so anyways, last Friday, Apple made this announcement. They're going to repair it for free. They did the right thing here. They just took way too long. But uh, when you can get this repaired for free, and not only that, if you paid money to have a broken problem repaired, I think they'll obviously have to look at it and analyze it. You know, if you got a new hard drive, they're probably not going to pay for that, but uh, they do say that if you uh, if you may if you paid for repairs related to the keyboard on any of these above models, uh, they will reimburse you. So I think they did good here. They just took way too long. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think exactly like you. Um, and I think uh, I'm not sure you mentioned it, or maybe I missed it. But uh, the program covers MacBook and MacBook Pro that were purchased. Um, the program covers MacBook within four years. Of the purchase date, so that means if you yes. buy a Mac, if you bought a MacBook Pro or a MacBook uh, two years ago, well, you have two more years uh, where you can um, take advantage of this program and get the thing repaired or replaced. If you buy if you buy a Mac, MacBook Pro tomorrow, well, you have four years from that date uh, to to take advantage uh, take advantage sorry of the program. So this is. Um, this is pretty good. Uh, I'm not sure why for, um, how they settled on this number. I, I mean, obviously it couldn't be indefinitely, couldn't be for 20 years, but, um, uh, could have been five, could have been six. Um, but that gives you, I think four years is a fail range where if you haven't experienced the problem in four years, well, chances are you're, you know, you're fine. Like you're not, you're probably not going to experience it because it seems to be something that people experience very rapidly uh, within months of, uh, of buying. Early in the ownership. Yeah. yeah. Early in the ownership of the product. So me, for example, like I, I feel like, and like you, mine is docked and I use a, an external keyboard. Um, and I don't use my keyboard that often. Uh, but still, several times a week. I use it several times a week. I've had this computer for a year and a half now. And I, except for a couple instances or where I feel like the, one of the keys were, uh, were stuck, I haven't really experienced the problem like consistently. Uh, it just happened a couple of times here and there. And then that, you know, I fixed it very rapidly. So, so I don't know. Uh, you also spilled beer on it. <laughs> I also spilled beer on it, yes. Uh, thanks for reminding me. I'm reminded pretty much every day of it. Uh, <laughs> it smells like hops. <laughs> That's why, like, I, I, even if I had the, the problem with my MacBook Pro and I took it and they opened it up, they'd be like, sorry, we are, you know, putting it back together. There's nothing we can do because you spilled beer or you spilled something on it. And if, even if I said, well, it's, you know, the beer was spilled at the very top corner of the keyboard and we're talking about the very right. lower bottom, they'd be like, nope, sorry, can't do anything. You spilled, you know, not, it's out, out of our hands now. Typical, you know, typical warranty voiding kind of thing. And I don't think I would get mad at Apple for this. I would probably, you know, bitch about it. But uh, realistically, that's understandable. You know, it's like you open up the, you're at the engine of your car, and if you have problems later on, you can go back and say, well, you know. So, so yeah, good. I'm glad Apple is doing the right thing. I wish they had done it um, maybe a year, six months earlier. It's, well, it's one of those things where it's like, why did you feel the need to... 
wait until people forced your hand here. Yeah. Right? Like, come on, be be first out with that and shoot down anybody who's going to approach you later on with a class action lawsuit. Maybe they're just not seeing it in the groups. You, you know, maybe that, let's say they need to see 5,000 uh, repair cases on a, on an exact item before they can move forward and through the Q and a service. And uh, maybe they just hadn't seen it at that time. Yeah. I don't know. I, again, we talk about this all the time with the resources and stuff. It just seems like they would want to avoid bad press like this at all costs. And the question is, going forward, what does Apple do? Does does Apple keep selling MacBook Pros? And maybe there's going to be a, like a refreshed MacBook Pro sometimes this year. Who knows? Um, with the same keyboard design. And, you know, keeps offering these four years of extra warranty, I guess, on the keyboard. Or does Apple come up with a new keyboard design? And how did you come up with a new keyboard design when, when, like you said, like the key travel is already so minimal? Like they would have to completely rethink the whole system. And can they even rethink the system and provide the same level of minimal key travel? I, I don't know. Like I, I think the future of the keyboard uh, is going to be interesting to 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 look at. Like, what does Apple right. do? Do they keep going the same way, or do they do something different? Do they revert back to what it was? I don't think so. I don't think they revert back to the way it was on the twenty what twenty fifteen MacBook Pro, or you know, like the keyboard you have on an iPad. Uh, uh, MacBook Air, for example, like uh, this would be crazy to go back to you know to such a wonky keyboard. I mean, I know sometimes when I use an old Mac, like an old uh, MacBook Pro or MacBook Air, and I use I see the keyboard, I'm like, whoa, this feels really weird. You know, like the big fat keys that travel like for like it feels like it travels forever. Um, so I don't think Apple can go back to that. I don't, I think it's completely out of the equation. But how do they address? these concerns for future MacBooks and even the one being sold, you know, next week. Like, what do you do? Do you just keep, you know, like closing your eyes and covering your ears and saying, la, 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hear you. I don't know. I can't see. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, especially about uh, models that are already on the shelf. What does Apple do to, to I guess they're just going to continue to repair them under this service. Uh, and then, Maybe that's what's taking the refresh of the the MacBook lines right now, right? Because we haven't seen a new MacBook uh, Retina in over a year, and uh, MacBook Pro is definitely getting long in the tooth as well uh, in terms of when it was last updated. So we shall see. Yep. Uh, final topic we have here on our uh, notes is uh, the new uh, IGTV Instagram Television. Uh, it was pretty crazy. They launched or they announced it, and then were ready to launch right away. Um, I think it popped up in the App Store uh, literally hours after they made the announcement. They also said that they're now seeing, I think, a billion uh, active users monthly, which is a pretty big milestone, right? It's huge. It's a, it's a huge milestone for them. Yes, they have Facebook kind of driving, you know, behind it, and Facebook's had billions of users for a long time now. But uh, Instagram, man, what a crazy story uh, in terms of. They were, uh, I believe they launched in 2010. They were bought by Facebook in 2012 for a billion dollars. They sold too early, I think. I think if you asked a lot of people, uh, uh, they would agree that this company might have sold too early. I don't know if they would have seen the growth like they have, but I mean, it was always a hit product and it was always destined to grow like this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hopefully they got paid in Facebook stock and... uh, that all just climbed with with the growth of them and with the growth of Facebook, and they still made out like bandits. But uh, man, a billion dollars for this app that now has a billion monthly users just seems like the best deal in the world. They paid what nineteen billion for WhatsApp, and I don't think they have half the users. Uh, anyways, the story is actually about this new Instagram TV app. Have you tried this out yet? I no, I watch one video. Uh, so I guess that doesn't count as uh, <laughs> doesn't count as trying it. Like I watched uh, one video and it was I was done. <laughs> yeah, I, ex- that's pretty much uh, a good summary of it. Yeah, yeah. I went on a little uh, tweet tweet tirade. I won't even call it a tirade. It's just like sometimes I don't tweet for like a week or two, <laughs> and then I'll get these thoughts in my head. And so I'll tweet out two or three things, and I went, oh, I guess I just did a 
I just guess I just did a rant, but it's not really a rant. It's just like I'm not tweeting or I'm tweeting more than normal. Uh, but I was talking about this. It's it was interesting. Like the the platform was super interesting to me. I mean, it still is, but uh, just because I've I'm pretty active on Instagram. I don't know if you remember, but a year or two ago, I was you know when Vine was kind of a hit thing. I was very into that. It was just entertaining to watch how people came up with ways to be entertaining in seven seconds or six seconds, whatever it was. And I, it kind of the same thing about Instagram. And, and Instagram I use even more for uh, – there's there's accounts out there, House of Highlights and things like that that show sports uh, highlights clips. And uh, it's just perfect for that, uh, that content, right, that media because a highlight takes just a couple of seconds to show. You can put multiple ones in a row. You can literally watch – you know, I did this a lot for uh, uh, playoff basketball. It was watch this sixty-minute game that would take you two hours to watch in real life, but I can watch highlights of it in twenty seconds or thirty seconds and call it good. Uh, but anyways, so it's an interesting platform for sure. I thought, okay, you're gonna let them make it up to an hour, and uh, you've already got a billion users, and. I've watched a lot of uh, you know like platforms take off, like YouTube. Then it was uh, there was a couple down the road. Vimbo never really took off. Uh, Vine, Vine definitely took off. Uh, and then even early Instagram, you can consider that a platform that took off. So if you're one of these people, especially if you ever had interest in making content, this feels like ground level type stuff. Not not full ground level, I guess, because Instagram has been around a while. But just what you're able to do in this Instagram TV app, anybody can upload a video, anybody can be a creator, and you can do it from either. Uh, your phone, or they even let you upload videos uh, from the computer. So um, it, it interests me, but I have to say, after playing with the app, uh, it just it doesn't hold water for me. It doesn't it doesn't add, it doesn't make sense. Now the biggest problem is probably the vertical video. Um, I get why they did it. That's the the orientation the app's always been in, but uh, it just doesn't work for long form content. I don't think. I've I don't know how many times I've tried to turn the try to turn the phone over to the side, you know, put it in landscape mode because I'm settling in to watch this kind of long, uh, long form content and it's just, the video doesn't turn that way. And so you're holding it at just up and down and it gets to be as tedious as maybe holding your wrist up to do something on your Apple Watch. Yeah. Or just eventually you're like, nah, it's not worth it. Um, luckily my keyboard that I have has like a nice little uh, cradle spot for the phone. So I'll set it in there. But again, I just kind of lose interest. Um, it's also about... Uh, uh, because of it's in vertical mode and because they launched, I think, so quickly, there wasn't a lot of premium content off the bat. So all I was seeing, just because I follow, I think I follow like 200 accounts on Instagram. And so all I was really seeing was their uh, videos that they just were probably told in an email, like, hey, get these ready. And they're all over a minute. And some of them were two minutes, some of them were three minutes, but they looked imported from YouTube. And so... I could see like text on the screen, but I couldn't see the full text because it clearly wasn't made for the resolution of, of the vertical on the screen. And uh, just a lot of problems related to that. Just like it didn't look like this was made on the iPhone, didn't look like this was made for the iPhone. I said it before. I'm surprised Instagram didn't instill some kind of rule that said, hey, you must shoot this video on this phone and it must be recent within the last 24 hours. You know, they put that restriction on stories when they launched stories. And I think that really helped it gain ground. Uh, same with the original Instagram app. You had it had to be a picture taken with the the iPhone or with the the phone, and they eventually removed that, and they eventually removed it from Stories, and all was good. But it set a nice tone for the launch, and I think that could allow them to uh, really offer up some premium content right off the bat. And they could have just said, okay, for the first ninety days, it's all got to be shot on phone, and it's got to be recent, and then we'll lift the restriction. Uh, but I think it made for a sloppy launch, rough content. And I don't like the interface that much. It's full screen, and you do some flipping around, uh, and you find some pretty weak discovery tools, and then you're. It just gives off the impression that they don't have a lot of content there to offer you right off the bat. Um, so, still, still interested in the platform, but I think they kind of botched the the app launch a little bit. The vertical format, I think, is good for stories because stories are quick, right? You don't spend an hour and a half. You don't spend thirty minutes watching stories you might spend you know like one minute at a time one minute here one minute there you know several times during the day but you don't hold your phone for 30 minutes straight or 20 minutes straight just looking at stories whereas in uh on instagram tv if you have which allows longer form content up to an hour like you said like 
I don't see myself watching something for 20 minutes, even if it's like super top production, you know, it fits the side, the, the, the screen orientation fine and everything, even if it's made, you know, really for Instagram TV. Um, I don't think I can watch something or hold my phone for 20 minutes and holding it up is kind of a challenge, you know, even if you're in bed or if you're on the couch or something, I don't know, it feels uh, a bit more challenging than horizontal. Um, so I'm not a big fan of that. And in my very, very, very limited uh, time with IGTV, what was striking to me, and maybe it's because of the videos I watched and they were not properly uh, made for uh, Instagram TV, but the quality was really bad and i'm talking i'm not talking about the quality of the content but the quality of the video like the the, what i was watching you know like the the quality of the yeah the 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 recording really was very very bad and i was like oh that doesn't make me want to watch this for more than five seconds really and uh yeah and honestly i haven't looked back since then i i should i guess give it more try but i don't I don't know if I don't know if I want to spend time uh, in Instagram watching longer videos. I feel like that's what YouTube is for. Um, right. <clears throat> and maybe I'm talking like an old guy, you know, like oh, I've got my YouTube for for longer videos. But YouTube is working fine for me, you know. Like I follow some channels. Um, uh, they have a gigantic amount of creators out there. There's a video for just about everything, whereas on IGTV, like the way it's been proposed or offered to me, seems seems more like an extension of stories. Basically, here you're following these people; they're doing this, and I don't necessarily want to watch 20 minutes of people I follow on Instagram. Yeah, it's it's a tough it's a tough space because what set Instagram apart most of the time was that it was. Uh, shorter right these are shorter length videos so you saw some really innovative stuff like here's a 30 second book review or here's uh you know a, a 60 second uh review of this product and that's kind of what set it apart now you open it up to an hour and i you know i guess like you said if it's an extension of stories then people who do like uh video blogging you know vlogging uh, their life and what they're doing i guess it's a cool platform for them they can just have use instagram and uh put it out that way but it's not for gaming right that's for that's on twitch and it's not for i don't know it just feels like it's just in a weird space and and again with a billion monthly active users instagram has the powerhouse to be the second to youtube right in terms of uh uh like i'm sorry uh uh I keep wanting to call it Venmo. What's the what's the secondary uh, uh, v- video Vimeo. 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 Thank you. <laughs> See, that's how non-important it is. But I feel like it's been around, right? Like that one's been around forever and there's a, a tiny – I think it's – people will upload a video to YouTube and they'll use uh, Vimeo as like a backup. Like in case YouTube pulls some funny stuff and tries to pull this, it's also available here. Uh, but uh, – other than that, I don't. I just don't think it's made much noise. I don't think it's a second tier or second player, second place. And I think Instagram could be that, but I really, again, I think they botched the app launch. I think they, uh, they, uh, um, not forcing iPhone only content, making it vertical only. A uh, bunch of problems I see here. So I hope they'll learn from what they've done so far and maybe make some adjustments. Yeah. Uh, and it's not something I'm banking on, right? It's not like I'm like, oh man, I'm just going to be crushed if this doesn't work out. But again, I like, I like new platforms. I like new spaces to, uh, uh, where people can create and where we can consume. But, uh, I don't know. We'll just have to see what they do with it, I guess. And I don't like the button in the Instagram app, like at the top right corner, you have this orange button. I know they want it to pop. You know, so you notice it, so you tap on it. Right. But it, it seems now Instagram, it's it makes Instagram more cluttered, even more cluttered, because uh, like you, I've been on Instagram for a long time, and I've seen it when it was like a kind of a bare-bone app, and now they're, they're adding to it, they're adding to it, and now you have the stories, and I'm fine, you know, I'm, I'm cool with it, you have stories, and you have like the button, the... Um, 
the, the icons at the top for the stories. And then you have the messaging uh, button icon. And then you have like the story, the button for you know, posting your own story. It's like, ooh, it's getting more and more cluttered. On top of that, add the ads that they roll in all over the place. It used to be, I, it used to be for, for me, I'm not sure if it changes per country, per user, per usage and everything. But I used to see one every 10, um, every 10 photos or videos. And now I think I see one like every five. Here's one. So one, two, three, four, five. And no, and no stories. One, two, three, four. Sponsored. Boom. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five. And sponsored. Yeah. So every five, you see like a sponsored, I see a sponsored and I'm cool with ads. You know, like I make money, you make money with ads. You know, I'm cool with ads. I like ads. They're good. They may, they pay the bill, but man, like this is like every five. It's super annoying. It is super well, annoying. And it it's compounded by each individual Instagram user, uh, especially if you follow some of these, uh, you know, health and fitness or uh particularly like if you follow like uh kim kardashian i don't know what to call them youtube yeah youtube career you're gonna also get their individual sponsored posts influencers right? are you you're looking like, for the word like the i can't go. stand this word like or, and yeah, some people so, like put it in their like uh bio instagram influencer i'm an influencer no you're <laughs> you're a d-o-u-c-h-e my friend <laughs> I just, you know, like, okay, so I just got the sponsored ad from Instagram. They said, hey, you should try out these leather duffel bags. They're really cool. And I was like, all right, cool. I don't mind that ad. And then the next up, it's like, uh, uh, it's like, uh, Barbara talking about flat tummy tea. And I'm like, okay, that's, I heard it doesn't work, but that's okay. It says ad right there next to the post that she made. So that's fine. Scroll up a little bit more. And, uh, oh, get the new whey protein shake from this person because this is what you should get. And it's like, whoa, okay, that's three ads in a row. Um, again, that's not just Instagram ads. That's that's the individuals yeah, I follow sponsored. that are trying to earn earn money off their, their user engagement. But uh, it's definitely, it can get rough, right? Like this is what Facebook's problem's been with the feed, that you're starting to get a lot of nonsense in the feed. And guess what? I'm starting to see some nonsense in the feed. Yeah. And this is what it was always appealing about Instagram is that it was nothing like Facebook. You literally just got the content. Yeah. You got the photos and you were good. Yeah. Thankfully, I don't follow too many accounts that do like product placements or sponsored uh, content. So I don't experience what you do with that on that end. And the bright side, um, if there is one, of uh, ads on Instagram is that these ads are really good. <laughs> Very often I'm like, ooh, what is this? Ooh, let me type on. It's, you know, like Instagram ads are the ads I click on the most. Like I don't even click on ads on the web anymore. Like I don't, I don't even, I don't think I'm blind to ads on the web. I don't even see them. Uh, and I don't run an ad blocker. Uh, but on Instagram, it's very often I'm like, ooh, what is this? Oh, look at this really cool iPhone case made of felt. Or, ooh, look at this nice like leather HomePod case that custom made by some guy supposedly in Peru or something. Um, yeah, I, I see some very, very cool stuff. But doesn't take away the fact that it is, to me, still annoying to have that much, that much. And sometimes I've noticed like Instagram pulls some trick on you. If you scroll down your feed, like at, at uh, pretty fast, you know, like as if you wanted to go down like as fast as possible or somewhere, like sometimes it's going to slow down the scrolling so that you actually see an ad. Uh, you can try it. Like you, you'll try, try it on later. You'll see like, don't, don't swipe down as, you know, as fast as you can, but swipe down as if you wanted to skip the first 20 posts on Instagram, for example. And you're going to, you know, like flick your phone, your finger up and you're going to see it's going to slow down right when you get to a sponsor post and boom, the sponsor post, the sponsored, um, ad, uh, is going to be just right there on your screen. It's super tricky and it's smart, you know, like the way they do it. It is brilliantly smart, but kind of tricky, kind of tricky. Um, anything else about Instagram? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Um, 
That's the uh, that's the end of the show notes. Are you uh, have you been able to watch a little bit more of uh, the World Cup since you've been home from traveling? Yes, I've watched as many games as I could, and uh, France is advancing in the knockout round, so that's good. France is still not at the top of their game, um, but we're winning. We're not losing. We're not tying, so it is uh, very encouraging. And I think. Uh, the craziest game I've seen, uh, because I missed the Croatia, I missed the Croatia game. I missed the Portugal versus Spain game. Uh, so probably the best game I should have seen. I missed it, but I saw, uh, Sweden against Germany Germany, this weekend. Uh, when was it? Was that Saturday night? Yeah, it was Saturday night, Saturday. Saturday. And oh boy, I was on the edge (laughs) of my seat in the second half. That was such a good game. I think. Yeah, I would. I put it right up there with the Spain uh, Portugal game. It's uh, and it's really just the circumstances, right? Germany lost their first game to Mexico in a pretty surprised uh, defeat. They are def- the defending World Cup champions. Uh, this is like the team, right? Like this is what they everybody expects to see them either in the finals or close to the finals. They have that expectation. They walk around with that expectation. They have nicer transportation probably nicer dwellings like this is the team that they put a lot of money in their soccer program because they're successful and so if they were to get eliminated uh immediately in the world cup it would have been very very bad and so the their whole kind of world cup future of this year hung in the balance in that second half when they were down one zero um well not down one zero what was i can't remember what the score was was it tied one one uh yes it was one one uh one you make me doubt now. Right? I can't remember. Like, all I remember is the last, like, 10 or 15 minutes because Germany needed a goal to pull ahead. And uh, it was 1-1. It was 1-1 and in literally the last minute of gameplay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Last 10 seconds, actually. Right? There was, I think there was five minutes of stoppage time and they were at 94-48 or something like that. And they got a free kick. And, I mean, just to to add more context here, Germany had hit the post three or four times. Um, A couple balls sailed right over the post, but they had their chances. They probably had 10 or 15 shots on target. And you just felt with every miss that it was like even heavier weight on their shoulders of, we got to do something here to, to win this game, otherwise we're going home. So it was a big magnitude. It was a big moment. Um, Was it... uh, it was Cruz, Tony Cruz, I believe, struck the free kick that will be remembered for a long time because uh, it wasn't a lucky goal. You know, it's not like one of these that just accidentally pinged off a post or something, um, or pinged off a player and, and rolled in. It this was a great set piece uh, with a little bit of a tap from his teammate, and uh, it bent around multiple uh, Sweden players and, and found that back post. It was beautiful, beautiful free kick. Oh yeah, you know, I was I was waiting to go. Uh, I was going to meet up with some friends. And I just kept sitting there because I just couldn't leave. The tension was so high. I saw him hit the post, and I was like, ah, there's only a couple minutes left. I'm going to stay. And, you know, I'm really happy I did. I got a chance to see a, a very, uh, not a once-in-a-lifetime, but a very uh, special goal that I will remember for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And that's really why I like the World Cup and, I guess, soccer in general, is that everything can change in no time. You know, it, right. it, I mean, they flipped the game. I mean, they, they, they were from a tie to a win in like 10 seconds. It, it just it a, takes seconds to score a goal versus if you're down by 40 points in, in basketball or football, it's just never going to Yeah, happen. it's not going to happen. And, and even you can be down like two goals in soccer and still in five minutes flip the game. Granted, that doesn't happen very often, but it does happen. So when you watch a game, you're always, even if like one team is losing 2-0 or 2-1, you're always pretty much at the edge of your seat. Be like, okay, they can still make it. They can still make it. You know, like it's still possible. There's like five moments on the clock. This is possible. And that's why it's so exciting, especially, you know, when there's so much at stake, like there is in, in the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah, a bunch of good games this weekend. I feel bad. I don't. I don't think you can hear this guy, but there's a guy that's commentating for Fox. Uh, Fox FS1 is where I see him at mostly. He calls the uh, Mexico games, and he is hilarious. Everybody's been talking about this. He's just very. 
he's got a very thick like Spanish accent and he just gets super excited and he does like countdowns to kickoff. He's like, three, two, one, here we go. <laughs> oh, it's it's pretty cool. So anyways, I guess the message is if you're not uh if people aren't uh, watching the World Cup, you're missing out a little bit. I mean, yeah. even if you don't like sports, there's definitely something to like about uh, uh, seeing the different cultures kind of come together. I can't imagine all these different countries just traveling all the way to Russia and then kind of coexisting with each other. And uh, you hear the chants from the stadium. They're singing national anthems, belting them out to where you can hear them outside the stadium. And uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, anything else? Uh, no, that's it. That's it. We're there. Okay. Hey, a uh, new Netflix recommendation. It's called Staircase. What is it? It's a crime, true crime type of deal. It reminds me a lot of Making the Murderer. Uh, but it's Ooh, uh, yeah. It's 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 very much along those lines. It's about a it's about a guy who uh, called nine one one because his wife he said had fallen down the stairs, and they get there and they rule it a homicide. They say he killed her. And uh, it's a it's long. It's like thirteen episodes, oh, and it just kind of goes through his trials and his retrials, and you, the whole time you're trying to figure out your for yourself if he did it or not, and uh, just such an interesting story. And uh, so, yeah, very well done. If if making a murderer is a ten, I give this an eight or nine. Okay, it's it's that close. All yeah, right, it's that close. All right, all right. Well, I'll give it a try if it's available for me in my location here. Yeah. All right. Thanks for the recommendation. Yep. Other than that, I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm good. I think we did it all. Okay. Perfect. Well, I'll talk to you same place, same time next week. Yep. I'll be here, man. Uh, bye bye.